Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com, or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50, and the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636-778-3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com, fed, F-E-D, from the farm.com. These 
farmers are amazing. It's a it's it's a family. They're they're here in Missouri, and they have the desire, just like I do, to see people well and to see people healthy. And they put a lot into what they do. It's such a wonderful family to support. They do uh, offer a hundred percent grass finished, grass fed, meaning that's it. Uh, a beef, and I get my ribeyes. I get uh, you know my ground beef, my ground sirloin. I get my chuck roast. I mean, they basically have everything. They even have awesome jerky. But they also have eggs. They have chickens, and they have turkey. I'm planning on getting a turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. And if you'd like lamb, they have that as well. Uh, but if you are in need of good quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, or quality eggs, chicken turkey, uh, don't don't just settle for what you're getting at the local store. Uh, to go out on the internet and check out Fed from the Farm, uh, that you can arrange a pickup or you can have it delivered to your for, for, to your home, and I can guarantee you you're going to taste the difference. Uh, for me, it, my health actually depends on it, so I really thank God to have found such a great farmer. FedFromTheFarm.com. I hope it blesses you. So I'm going to start today just a little bit different, um, and and really the bulk of the day I'm going to focus a lot on discipline and just kind of getting our mental game ready as we go into the first of the year. So we've talked about this before, where sugar is going to completely shift our neurotransmitter levels. So as we shift those neurotransmitter levels, we've got to be ready and prepared with what we're going to do after the first of the year for making sure that we get them shifted back. Okay. So I want to go through, I'm going to go through an experience that I went through and I'm going to go through just like some mental preparation for you guys. So we feel like we're geared up and ready to start the year. I will say just some nutrition data though, along those lines, let's enjoy Christmas or whatever, however you all celebrate or when you sell, whatever you celebrate, let's enjoy it. Enjoy time with your family. However, recognize the response that your body's going to have and then recognize how important it's going to be to get yourself back on track and what that will take. So think about what's it going to take to kind of reestablish your insulin patterns. That means the next day we wake up to the right breakfast and we make sure it's balanced and it has all the nutrients that we need it to have in. I always say fat is your stability. So when you've more than likely, we usually blow our food, not because we've over consumed on fat all day long. Usually it's because we've over consumed on carbs. Now I don't want to put the fin- point the finger at anybody. Maybe we have some cheeseaholics in here and you just do nothing but eat cheese all day. But Really, for the most part, people eat sugar and they eat breads or they eat carbs and crackers and things like that. So the next day, your cravings will be ready. I mean, you're going to be ready for something the minute you wake up. So I always say fat can produce stability. So when you have decide to have breakfast, look at breakfast like, where is my fat coming from? That might not be a great day for a smoothie. It might be better to have three or four scrambled eggs. You know, get plenty of fat with the yolk with some of your um, olive oil. Cook it in some olive oil. And although we maybe wouldn't do this every day because it would be too much fat, throw some avocado on top of those eggs. You know, normally if you would have 
uh, whole eggs, I wouldn't suggest putting the avocado with it, but for this day to kind of get you over the hump of the day prior, I would have that extra fat. Um, it's a good day to just do the low glycemic berries, you know, staying low fructose when you're bringing carbs in, maybe plenty of vegetables so that the stomach can kind of sponge all that up and really just make you feel like nice and satisfied and that your stomach is full, basically bulking it up with good fiber. That would be a great place to start for breakfast. Now, another approach you could take to it is because I usually get so many messages for this is what's a good detox. Like I completely blew it yesterday. What's a good detox. And it's always the same response. The very best detox you can do is fasting. So given the opportunity and you really feel like you're able the next day, try to fast until dinner, have some sea salt so that you balance your minerals, you know, do a fingertip full of sea salt, probably every three hours and just fast with water until dinner. And that will really help you to push some of that toxic stuff out of you. Now, I'm not going to promise you that you're gonna feel great during that fast. I also don't want that to be uh, the opinion of fasting because fasting long-term really doesn't have to be terrible. In fact, it can be almost invigorating. You can actually feel great from it when you're in a fat adapted state and your body's regulated and you have good regulated blood sugars. But when you're in a situation where you're coming off and having tons of carbs and alcohol and different things, then the next day you're not going to feel great with fasting. You know, it also, because you're getting rid of some stuff, your body's detoxifying. So just be aware of that. And if you're aware of that, you may find yourself able to get through it um, a little bit better. But that's the best detox, in my opinion. Now, even if you wanted to just broth your way through the day, you know, and, and actually still bring some calories in, it might be good if you're dealing with like the intestinal upset that can come from having foods that you shouldn't have. Um, it, it, it would give your intestines a break to be able to go an entire day without having to work at breaking anything down. And if you did broth and water throughout that entire day and a little bit of sea salt, that might be the break it needs to kind of not have to spend a whole week with it with stomach upset, you know, all week long. Okay. Now, as you go through the rest of that day, still think to yourself, how can I sustain myself? How can I try to stay sustained all through the day, knowing I'm not going to have sugar your next meal? Let's say it's normally a mid morning snack for that day. And that day only make it a smoothie, make it a full blown meal at 9am, you know, have Two, or a scoop or two scoops of collagen, have a cup of berries, have the table, a couple of tablespoons of flaxseed oil and build that smoothie and make that instead of just grabbing a handful of something. And then all of a sudden you're building layer upon layer, uh, like a, like a, 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 I guess a hedge of protection to keep you from saying, no, 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 no. I still have to get the chocolate. No, we still have cookies left over. I'm going for those that next day. Okay. Because you're going to make yourself more stable with each meal. And then lunch, have a good, you know, hearty lunch. Maybe even for that day, you might do a hamburger or maybe some roast or a steak or something just to get all the minerals and some really good fat with it and then plenty of good vegetables with it. Now in the afternoon, that might be a plenty fine time to grab a handful of nuts, you know, maybe a handful of pumpkin seeds. That might be just fine just to get you by until dinner. And then dinner, really make sure you have plenty of vegetables, good fibrous vegetables, maybe put some guacamole or some of the 
a primal dressing or something like that in it so that you're getting um, plenty of fat, plenty of good fat. And then by the next day, yes, you may be still having some symptoms of maybe still have a headache just because you had some MSG or you had some gluten, you, but your cravings should have been really cut in half because you should have just really sandwiched them in with all that good fat, okay? Um, a lot of times people will think, well, maybe since I came off of these carbs, I'll just go ahead and like do some oatmeal or do some sweet potato or do some real good clean carbs. But if that's not what you normally do, like for example, that's not what you normally do, right? I mean, you don't usually have those types of starches. So that wouldn't necessarily make you feel better. You know, all it would do is almost extend that newly created insulin sensitivity that you created from that one day's worth of eating. It would actually just push it out further for you. Okay. Now, if your day normally consists of things like sweet potato and oatmeal and quinoa, then sure, go ahead and bring it back in because that's what you're accustomed to. And that's a clean carbohydrate you're accustomed to, but it, it'll be so surprising after you have just that little bit of bread or that little bit of pasta or that little bit of sugar, the next day you'll think, okay, I did really good for breakfast. Okay, I did really good for my snack. Well, for lunch, I'm gonna go ahead because I'm still pretty hungry and I'm still kind of craving carbs. I'm gonna have sweet potato. Your body will be like, bing, once it has that sweet potato, it's gonna feel like as if you're back into the day before. That's when I, when I first meet with someone, I usually always go about three weeks before I have that type of starch because I'm really trying to just dole out that insulin sensitivity and making it to where people are not really hyper responding from any one particular food, all right? So just be careful with that. If you have a tendency to have those types of starches when you're more active, uh, again, I would just give it a couple days, get away from the event, and then just keep yourself hydrated with plenty of water. If you haven't ever used the Ultima packets, I'd recommend maybe taking an Ultima packet each day. Get yourself re-regulated from a mineral standpoint. Make sure you take your supplements. It's just so important. You know, if you take probiotics, take them the night, you know, the night that you have the bad food, take them that night before you go to bed. You know, I mean, take whatever, you know, whatever you normally take, make sure you get it in. And I can't stress the water enough. Okay, so coming off of a bad meal and it doesn't have to be absolute poison. I mean, you guys have been, we've gone through so many ideas that you have lots of great alternatives, you know, to, uh, uh, being able to create, create some meals that won't absolutely be horrible for you, but that still doesn't mean you may not say, give in and say, my mom makes this, or my husband loves this and go ahead and have it. And don't regret it. If you're going, if you're setting out and you've set your mind that this is what Christmas is going to be, and this is what you want to have, um, then in, in, in you, if you truly want to celebrate with it, then have no conviction over it. You know, because there's no sense in having it if it's just going to lead you to a week's full of regret, you know, then what was the point? That regret is going to end up actually affecting your health, honestly, just as much as the food will, because you're going to ponder on it every single day and it's just going to keep you kind of toxic for a week. So own it. You know, if you're going to have something, own the process and enjoy every single minute of it. And don't regret it. Don't feel bad for it. Just know what it's going to take the next day to get back on track. Boom. That's it. Nobody's going to jail for it. You know, I mean, no one's going to get fined. I mean, it's all going to be okay. Just enjoy it. Now, if it makes you so sick 
that you're like, would be like me thinking, should I go to the ER? Like, am I that bad? That's where I've been, you know, then that's kind of dumb. I've had plenty of regret from those moments. I've learned the lessons and now I don't do that stuff anymore. You know, I have clients that have serious health issues and they legitimately blow up their blood sugar, their, their blood pressure is in an extreme raise because of a day's worth of eating and drinking. Like that's, that's where regret actually should come in. That's where conviction, conviction should be part of it because your body is on a fine line and you're dancing a very dangerous tightrope with your health. And the folks in the emergency room are spending the whole evening meeting with people that just took it too far you know, when their body was just giving them warning signals all the way up to the holiday. The first holiday party, you got a little warning signal. The, the, the fifth one, you were set back and missed a day of work because of it, right? No one in here, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying. But then Christmas comes and now you literally have to see the doctor the next day because you're so sick. That's when you have to start rethinking, what am I doing? You know, if you have some regret from that, you should because you, you got to change, you got to change your thinking because you're going to kill yourself if you don't, you know, and your family deserves you to be around, right? Or if you have a family member in that scenario, then that's what we want to pray for them for is that they get a release and realize that this food is taking over. So um, ideally, just try to set yourself up from a mental perspective to say, I'm going to enjoy this day. It's going to be a great day, but I will be right back on track the next day, right? I don't have to go the rest of my life not having cookies. I'm going to go ahead and have them. I'm going to enjoy them. And I'm excited for next year at Christmas too, because I'm going to have them again. But I don't, I'm not going to wake up the next day and have them again for breakfast. I'm not going to go ahead and have them for the afternoon snack. I'm just going to, you know, when I think of balance, that is balanced to me. Someone becoming so stable that they can balance things like that. They can say, I'm going to make this for my family and I just love it. I can't wait to eat it. I put me in a coma and I couldn't talk to anyone afterwards, but I didn't even care because it was so good. They watched a movie and I fell asleep right away, right? Who cares? You, you really enjoyed it. And then to have balance would be, I can wake up the next day and tell myself, I can't live my life in a coma. Like, I can't afford to do that. No one in my life can afford for me to do that. So I'm not going to have it today because it, it, it's, it, then it becomes taking advantage of the doggone body that God gave us. He gave it to us. We can't keep, you know, kicking it and expecting it to work, right? So that, that to me is what true balance is. And I've known few people in 20 years of working with people that were truly able to find that harmony. And the ones that did and that could do that were the ones that put the emphasis and the focus on the mental game, not always the physical game. Now they worked out and they still came in with trainers and they were very consistent, but they they were focusing on the primary food. They were focusing on love, relationships, and stability in those areas of their life. And they were preparing themselves every day to have a great day by the way that they thought and by the way that they spoke, right? And it, it, that's what kept them balanced. 
wholeheartedly when I could sit and list and think of each person that I know that I'm, I know they can go on Christmas and have something. And I know they're just going to wake up the next day. My dad's one of them. If you've ever met him in here, I mean, he'll have a piece of cheesecake on Christmas and the very next day it wouldn't even occur to him to have another piece of cheesecake. He'll be in here at five 30 in the morning working out. Wouldn't even occur to him, but he, he literally died at the gym. They brought him back to life. He spent 41 days in a hospital, 20, I think two of those being in a coma, you know, he's good. He doesn't want to have cheesecake every day. He's not looking to go back there. We don't all get a scare like that to put us in that mental state. So I want to inspire you today, maybe by a story from me, but then also through, you know, some different scenarios to start equipping yourself in, in, in working on that game. Because what a trainer does is they really, they do train your body physically and they change it. But so much of what we do is it's mental. You know, when you would come in to do the sled by yourself, you would not have put the amount of weight on there that he put on there, right? Now, now that you know you can do it, you might do that, but you didn't know you could do that. He trained you to believe that and he showed you that you could do it. And so we do so much for building someone's ego or building that confidence so that they're willing to keep trying and they're willing to keep growing and they're willing to keep changing. And then we pray that that confidence that you build in here, you go out there and you start using it in all the other decisions that you're making on a daily basis. And you will. I once had a client that was so quiet and so reserved and, and really was challenged socially, really struggled to speak with people. I helped her to lose weight but mostly I put her in these group settings and she would come in and she would work out with all of my group all throughout the week. She did unlimited classes. She was here three or four times a week and, and she was very quiet and she really struggled with the group in the beginning, but she became so close to all those people. She is now one of the managing partners of a major, major corporation. She was like, here's the managing partner. She was like here when it all began. And within like a seven year period of time, she just started opening up, opening up, opening up. She was always that smart. She always had all those ideas. She didn't believe in herself. She wouldn't speak up. She was always sort of hiding under this wall of defeat. Her mental game is what has completely transformed in her. Her physical game has too. You know, she looks different too, but her mental game has changed. And part of that was physiological. Part of it was changing the balance of the food. Like she's not having sugar every day. So she isn't as depressed as she used to be. You know what I mean? She's not having excessive amounts of cured meats and really bad preservatives. She's not as anxious as she used to be. So yes, there is a physiological change, but she's been almost like trained to be conditioned to see life differently and to fight through life differently. All right. So I'm going to tell you this story because it was just really a remarkable day. And it was just a couple weeks ago. I posted this picture of a kitchen and I don't know if you all follow me on Facebook and it was just a kitchen and it was some, I just said, what are you believing for? So a couple years ago when someone did a, an evaluation of me, it was an executive coach. He did an evaluation of me for free, which was really nice. And he just said, your social media is honestly the only thing I can say something negative about everything else. Deb, I love what you do, but 
you look like you're in second grade with your social media, like you have to change it. So since then, I have dedicated an hour a day, six days a week to social media, and I've done it nonstop for two years. It has made a serious, serious difference in our business. Anyone that owns a small business or works a small business, it, it has just helped to transform our business. So much so that I had a radio show that we used to spend $5,000 a month on. Now, half of that was paid by sponsors. I discontinued it at the beginning of the year because we received more leads from free Facebook and free Instagram, free LinkedIn, and my free podcast that I did once a week than we were doing from the show in which was responsible for actually building our business. Our show is really what built the foundation of our business. So of course it's produced credibility, you know, and, and people know our name and know who we are, but that Facebook, that two years I put in on Facebook, and I still do it every single day. So that was a major time commitment for me. I mean, I, I have given up things to be able to do that. And it has really worked, but he said, you have to just show them your human side because you are so robotic. You know, you truly are everything you preach and that's really it. Like they need to see you're actually a mom too and that you really love your child and that you hug her and that you care, that you're just a different, you have different sides. Um, so uh, the, the thing I wanted to really show is what it is that's kept me so robotic and so able to stay on focus with, with what I believe in. And the biggest thing for me that's kept me on was my faith. And so I told myself each day, I will find a way to express a little bit of my faith because it's the one thing that I find that people are so willing to shrink back on when it comes to business. Uh, we first opened, we had an investor and he said, if you keep that cross in the logo, you, you're gonna limit yourself and then you're only gonna go so far. And I said, if that's why we go out of business, then God will have something bigger for me. I'm not willing to take the cross out. So we didn't take the cross out. So that was something that just kind of went off the table. But I thought, you know, I want to be the one person that in 10 years, when you look back at all of my messages, it is a consistent flow of the same energy. And it's not, you could see Debbie went through lots of different seasons in her life. It was like through it all, no matter what the season was, I stood on this promise and this was my vision and this is what I relied upon and this was my strength and this is what got me through. So I've really tried to do that. And then of course I try to put pictures of my family and stuff like that out there. But I manage three different pages, bakery page, the gym page, and then my page. It is a lot of work to try to get different content for each person. And what it's done is it strengthened my passion even more I didn't think that was humanly possible because I'm sort of evangelical when it comes to nutrition. Like I'm kind of like the Billy Graham of nutrition. I want everybody to be saved, right? Like he does, he will go anywhere and start talking to people about the gospel. I'm the same way with the food. It is my gospel. Now I also believe in faith too. So I'll kind of throw that one in there at the end, but it's made me even more because just people are messaging and adding. And I can see that even though we're living in a world where people are hurting and struggling and defeated, that little bit of hope that I'm presenting to them, it's exactly what they need. And it's just sometimes could be just the turning point that cranks their engine just enough 
to get them in a different direction. Now, if they don't come in here, hello. If they don't come in here, that's perfectly fine. If they go to Weight Watchers, if they go to Nutrisystem, if they do whatever, all I know is they decided to do something. And it was because we planted that seed of hope in them. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about hope and just how to really make that part of what produces forward motion in you. But anyways, so I posted this post of the kitchen and I, I just basically said, what are you believing for? And I really was just trying to ask folks, you know, do you have the courage to believe that this vision that you have in your mind could actually have been put in your heart by God and that he will actually give you everything you need to make it happen? If you ask yourself, excuse me, that question, it's a big question to ask. That is one of the first ways to change your health. If you're really fighting for your health and you're fighting for change, you have to ask yourself, do I really believe that God is able to give me all the strength I need, all the courage I need, all the funding I need, everything I need to be able to make the right decisions and right choices to navigate my life into a healthier perspective? Or do I think I'm going to be bombarded by every bad person that's going to tell me to eat this, tell me to eat this around every corner? Am I going to be put in a situation where I'm going to shrink back, shrink back, shrink back, and then by March, I'm going to go right back to not eating good again, right? First thing that happens is when you believe it, and you accept every day that it's possible because you truly feel in your heart that God is able and you've got enough faith brewing in you, if you stay in that zone, wholeheartedly anything's possible. I cannot tell you the things I've accomplished just simply by faith and just by waking up each day, believing and knowing that God's will would be done. All right. So my, <laughs> I'll call the title of this, The Day the Devil Stole My Shoes. And I'm going to do that because I'm going to make it a podcast too, because I'd really like for other people to start the new year with this kind of information. Um, it was a Sunday and we've moved church to a little bit later now. I used to go at 9.30 and I was always like, the whole morning because I get messages first thing and I have to dedicate an hour to the messages and then an hour to the Facebook. And then I'm like, I have to bathe. So I might have to get up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday where that would be the one day of the week I should sleep in. Right. So now we're going at 11, which is like, oh, like I just feel like it all came into harmony. Now it cuts off some of the end of the day time, but I'm good with it. You know, it's flowing. When you find your flow with your family, it's better than money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a peace that comes over you because everybody's aligning. We can get there on time. No one's like, everybody's okay. So that made a huge adjustment. And I sit down and I'm like, I'm going to post this post about what I'm believing for. I'm going to put the vision of what I have for this bakery out there for people. I don't have the money to do it. I, I don't have a bank that's willing to give me money to do it. I've already gone to multiple and they've all said no. So I'm just going to believe for it. And I believe that if it's in God's power and he wants to make it happen, he'll do it. So I put that all out there. I cannot believe the amount of people that responded to it. I kind of wondered if it wasn't going to be one of those things where people just saw the picture of the kitchen and they just sort of liked it because it was a picture of a kitchen. But it wasn't that. It was that people were responding and saying, that would change my life if you had those classes. Uh, you've already changed my life. I couldn't believe what it would be like if you did cooking classes or, you know, my family, they're so blessed by your baked goods. You know, we just, we really hope you can continue to grow it and get it in front of more people. 
the, the it was just constant. Then there were private messages that were coming. And so what did that do? It just strengthened me. I was like, oh, I just feel like even more of a resolve that this makes sense, right? Well, I noticed that people do that sometimes when they're making a, a decision about changing their like eating pattern or they're going on a diet or something. You can see it on Facebook. And I really try, even if I don't know the person, to always say something like, God bless you on the journey. Keep chasing after feeling great, right? Because you know, it's like first of the year, they want some accountability. I believe there's something to be said about that, you know, is to really put out there what you're trying to accomplish, which is what I was trying to do with sharing that vision. And, and I really requested prayer because I believe in the power of that. And I believe that if I can get an entire group of people praying and believing, God will honor that. So I can see and sense that people are sort of seeking that same power, only it's a little bit more self-situated where you're talking about your diet. They kind of want people to kind of promote it. So the first little tab I want to throw in here when it comes to that is if you're going to do that this year, decide this is the first year that you're not going to promote a diet and you're not actually going to go on a diet. Just decide that it's the first year you're going to spend the whole year focusing on being healthy. That's it. If weight comes off, I hope it does. Great. If weight comes off slower the first month, but faster the second month and then slower the third month. Okay. But make each day healthy. You know, I mean, just really try to focus on the choices. What did you season with that had poison in it? Don't use that one anymore. Right. Um, you know, well, I wanted cookies. Okay. Well, I made the ones Debbie suggested, you know, I'm not going to lose weight this week cause I ate nine of them, but I did go a step further and I made them different. Now the next month, hopefully you don't eat nine of them because we learned that didn't get you anywhere, but you still are making steps in the right direction and you're creating different boundaries for yourself. So I eliminated that message and, or I already submitted that message, immediately started getting responses. And I had to tell myself, you cannot respond to any of those people. Now it's on to the next step, which is you go in and you pray, and then you go up and you get in the bath. And if you don't do that right now, you will be late and you can't be late to the 11 because there's none after that. Right. And so it's like, just get ready. And I have to do that every time, or I could just answer message after message and be there all day in my chair. So I, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go pray. So my phone while I'm praying is just like going crazy. And I'm like, Surely it is not that. And it was that it was that message. And so while I'm praying, I'm just really believing God for change. And I just felt such a, a burden in my spirit. And this was the day I had went to the, the day after I'd went to the church and preached and John spoke to you guys that day. And there was like 740 or 770 people there. And I had so many people come up to me and tell me they were hurting and they were struggling and how much they needed to hear that, how much they didn't want to hear it, but they needed it. And I mean, it was amazing. The flow of the group was amazing. I know when people are like in it and listening to me. And I also know when they're on their phone and like kind of off, they flow with their oohs and ahs and, and laughing and clapping. And it was, we, we were in it. Like we were where we needed to be with it. So I knew someone's life was going to be changed by that message. And I wanted to be at church the next day because I knew those people that needed to talk to me would come up and talk to me. 
not just so I could get them in the gym, but just to give them that encouragement. Because in the beginning, if you can get it a couple days in a row, you'll keep going. But by the next day, if someone makes you mad by nine o'clock, you forget everything I said the day before, right? It's kind of like going to church. It's a great sermon, but then if someone makes you mad by three o'clock, you're needing to get back into the Bible because you already have forgotten everything that the pastor said, right? So I knew I could just feel it in my heart, like from the depths of my soul that I needed to be at church. <laughs> and I don't always feel that way. I want to be there. I love it. I'm fed by it. But I really felt like I was led to get to church that day. So I don't buy myself a lot of clothing. I buy John and Sophie. I make them look awesome. And then I sit back and go, what am I even going to wear? You know, like I'm going to wear this. I don't, do, I don't spend a lot of money on myself. I had to buy myself black dress shoes this year. I have not bought black dress shoes in years. I mean, years. I don't have any. They don't exist in my closet. So I bought some and I had them. They're the only pair I have. Every single dress on Facebook that you've seen me wear <laughs> through the Christmas holiday has those black shoes. That's it. And so I, I, I came up the night before from doing my presentation, put them in my closet. I'm kind of like, I know where I put things. I have a shoe rack. That's where it goes. So I get done getting ready and I just keep feeling this burning feeling like someone there or something, I've got to be there. I've got to get there. And I am usually the one that pushes the family along at, at going, but yet this day, John's like in the car waiting for me. And I'm like, I gotta get going, you know, where am I? And I can't find the shoes. And it's like, well, why wouldn't I be able to find the shoes? I just wore them yesterday. This doesn't make any sense. It's the only black pair of shoes I have. Where could they have gone, you know? and we looked for the shoes for 30 minutes. I, I didn't have other dress shoes. I mean, I could have put jeans on and maybe wore boots. I'm being honest wholeheartedly, but this wasn't a day where I could wear jeans and the boots. Like he was in a suit. Like I needed to wear the dress. I, I couldn't even change into another dress. I didn't have other shoes at all. I'm, it's terrible that I don't, I need to do more of that kind of stuff for myself. I just don't have the time. So, I mean, I'm like, this is bad. I could feel an internal struggle, like someone had their foot on my body and they were trying to just keep me in that house because there was something at church waiting for me. And there was no way the enemy wanted me to get it, right? The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's that uh, scripture John has on his knuckles. And I felt that going over, over, and over in my head, like, you know, he's just trying to steal whatever's there waiting for me. He's just trying to steal it. You got to find the shoes. You got to find the shoes. And I am not a crier at all. I barely even cry at funerals. And I am welled up, like, not because I can't find the shoes, but because I feel like someone's there that I need to help or something. And I'm really upset about it. And John is usually the one that would be really upset about things, right? So suddenly the calm comes over him and he's like, no matter what, it's going to be okay. And I'm just like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, we have no shoes. Like, you can't say it's going to be okay. And then I went into John mode. I mean, I went full-blown John on him. And uh, that's not who I am or how I am. And this situation was just completely changing me. My attitude had completely changed. I was just in prayer the hour before, right? And then I'm like, this is terrible, Debbie. What are you letting this do to you? 
and I go in my closet and I have no idea why, but I have this hamper. When we go on vacation, I have like certain things that I'll bring, like certain workout shorts, certain beach shorts, uh, certain flip-flops. There is a hamper that is full of nothing but that. And it hasn't been touched since I got back from Florida because I'm going again in February. My shoes were at the bottom of that hamper. There would be no reason why they should be at the bottom of the hamper. It makes no sense whatsoever that they are at the bottom of that hamper. I mean, it, if you could understand how little sense it makes, it was insane. And so John was just like, it doesn't matter. You found the shoes. And I'm just like, yeah, but I don't know. I just started ransacking everything. Like I just started tearing everything out of the closet like a maniac. Like I was not the same person. And uh, I, I'm telling you that because it kind of goes along with the story. Um, so... We go to church. We go through the whole service. The service is feeding me like I'm like a starving person and I, I've never been fed. I mean, it is just everything he's saying is exactly what I need to hear. So I'm convinced, okay, I just needed the message, I guess. I guess I just had to, had to hear that message. I had already told John twice that I didn't want to go. I have gone with like bronchitis. Like I don't ever miss um, and I said, because I don't want to interrupt his service. He knows us very well. And I don't want to walk in and disrupt him 30 minutes into the service. We've already missed the worship. I just feel rude to him. And John was like, no, we're going to go. There's something there for you. And I'm like, okay, thanks for dealing with your crazy wife. And so, right. I can't, I have to wear her, right, yeah. So, right, that's another reason. I'm like, everyone in the whole place is going to look at us. They already do in, like, normal clothes, you know, that. And so, anyways, we sit down, we're done with the service, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I just, I still feel like there's something here. Like, I just said, I'm going to walk into the bookstore. I'm just going to kind of walk around. And before I can even leave the aisle, the pastor comes up to us. And usually he'll come up to and hug us and, and talk to us. Um, and usually that's before the service. After the service, he just bolts out the back. I don't blame him. You know, there's a lot of people to talk to. But not today. I mean, he came in on a mission. And he grabbed a hold of us. And he was like, we really need to get into some deep, you know, we need to get into some deep prayer on something. So then he lays hands on us. And he just prays this prayer that would have been like, everything I've needed to hear for the past five years, you know, as I'm climbing, you know, uphill through all the journey that we've gone through. And I mean, he started praying for wisdom on how to spend money as we will get an influx of money. He started praying for wisdom on how to do, um, you know, electronical, uh, how to do a maintenance issue. I mean, he was praying to the depths of all possibility of, of things for my life and also for John's. And we just sat down like, I mean, at the end, we were just shaky from it. And then I we was like, well, that is what we really needed to be here for. And I know that things are going to turn around because I had an immediate turnaround in my spirit. Like, I know God's going to provide. Up to that point, I would have this part of me that would say, I'm going to do everything I can. I will always do everything I can every single day. But if we fail... It won't be because I didn't do everything I could every single day. And then that day, I just had a complete turnaround. And I said, we are going to have more than we even know what to hold on to. Like there was this abundance mentality that came on to me, not because it was prayed into me, but the, 
the Holy Spirit just put it in me that it is going to explode so much that we will have to have that wisdom to be able to truly help people. Everyone that walks in the door is going to have their life changed. They're going to be saved by it. Like they're, they're, they're going to be so well that they, they, they're going to live completely different lives after coming in here. So I, I went in the car, you know, with John and we sat down and we said, you know, that's truly what was, that was what was holding us back because the thief for sure knows that if that prayer wouldn't have been spoken on us, I wouldn't have had that shift. And I would have stayed in that lack mentality and that survival mentality. And I just immediately converted to thriving and converted to no matter what, we will make it because I know it's God's will for us to do this. And we will we'll get there and it will get there abundantly. So the very next morning, I received a message from someone with data that I have needed and seeked for for five years now, it was just given to me the very next day, a message. And someone just handed it all on a silver platter to me. Something that I have been slammed in the face with a no for so many years. It's not even funny. And I just read the message and rather I decide to do it that way or not. I don't know at this time, but I read the message and, and truly had tears come down my face because I felt like God will honor our work, but you have to really put the work in too. And it's not just the physical work, but it's the mental work. I was not putting in the mental work on the situation. I was doing the work, coming into work, always being on time, always staying late, always answering the messages, always buying what I needed to buy for everybody. I was also doing the due diligence, the hour on the Facebook and everything. Then I was doing the due diligence, an hour in my Bible and prayer, right? I was checking off all the boxes, but mentally speaking, I was not speaking that we were going to be okay. There was always 25% fear at the, at the end of every comment I would make that wasn't fearful, right? I might say to a group of people, okay, we've got to press on, you know, the, the quote there, the scripture that's on the part of that, you know, don't grow weary and doing good. I would say that. And then there would be that little bitty voice on my shoulder saying, yeah, but if you don't make it, you have to make sure that you have a, a second runner up or a second thing that we need to do. And it made me realize how much I need to be strengthening that mental game on a daily basis, because just that one prayer and that one infusion of faith in me completely shocked me like the paddles and it got me into a different rhythm and it made me think anything is possible. I've known that I've read the scripture for five years now. I'm really not in a better position than I was then. Okay, I've improved it, but now I actually believe it. And so when you set yourself up for a change with your health, you know, and for a change within your body, you have to believe it's possible. I keep hearing the same report from people. I've messed up so many times before. I'm sure I'm going to mess up by March again. I, every Christmas I do this. Um, you know, I'm a sugar addict, you know, I keep hearing that same report. None of that equals success. 
if you have one moment where you're going to put that out there on the table and just to say, I'm going to empty this bag, here it is, and now it goes in the trash can, the door's locked, it's no longer welcomed back in, then do it, you know? But it does us no good to stay on that channel. And I was on that defeated channel for so many years, no matter how positive I was, I was still in fear for the bottom falling out and that I wouldn't do enough. But I got to believe that I will never be able to do enough myself, but that through the Lord, he will provide whatever I need, whenever I need. And I don't care if it comes in on the 31st, he will provide it and we'll be okay. And he'll, he'll keep my arteries clear through the process, <laughs> no matter how stressful it is, right? But when you head into the first of the year, you have to think like that. You have to say, and it, and it really is on my heart to tell you this, that if you truly want to change your health this year, again, don't approach, approach it as a diet. Approach it as I'm going to take each day and make every choice as healthy as I possibly can with the circumstances that I have. But I'm also going to believe that I can actually change my health this year. I'm not going to believe in the pitfalls. I'm not going to believe in the bottom falling out. I'm not going to believe in me failing again. I'm, I'm not going to believe in it. Because even if I make one mistake, I'm going to get right back on the bus and I'm going to go right back after it again. I'm not going to let one mistake sink me. And I'm also not going to let one bad thing, maybe one person that gives us one bad review, sink me. I can't please everybody. But if every day of my life I'm making a decision to put God first and to please him first, he will take care of the rest of it. And if every day of your life you're making the decision to put your health first every day, no, I'm not going to have that. It has dextrose in it. I'm just going to go ahead and have this instead. You know, I got to quit skipping my meal. I'm going to set an alarm every day. If you really put the action behind it and the, create the dynamic of every day making those healthy decisions, it's going to come. The weight loss is going to come. The getting off the medication is going to come. You, the less inflammation in your joints so that you have less injury is going to come. It, your skin is going to improve. Your digestion is going to improve. You see what I'm saying? But how many things? How many times does the devil steal your shoes on it, right? Like how many times does he really try to hold you back from that? How many training sessions have you almost thought about canceling because you just had too many things come up before? And you're kind of like, I just, I got too many things going on right now. That really has to be the last thing on the list. When really mentally, it should be the first thing on the list sometimes because it would gear you up so much better for the rest of your day to tackle all else that is going on. And I really don't have time to prep my food right now. Okay. But you don't understand all of these other little things that keep coming up are coming up because you don't have the right food in you. And if you did take the time to prep your food, some of these little bitty things that keep coming up, they wouldn't keep coming up. So that's my story about the shoes. But I, I really want to say like the small distractions can keep you from the prize, these small distractions. And if that means um, going into the break room and always seeing that food, don't go in the break room anymore. Bring a cooler and have a cooler underneath your desk. Bring cold food that you don't have to warm up in your break room. Like if that's your downfall, 
Don't go there anymore. If the cafeteria at work is your downfall, do not go to the cafeteria. Warm your food up in the break room. Go and eat in the lobby. You know, I eat standing up sometimes. Like, just don't go where the distractions are to get you away. If you've got some friends that are always doing things that you know end up turning into you doing things, don't eliminate them from your life, but bring them in when you can invite them into a safe territory. Like go out and work out with them, invite them to work out or invite them to go on a bike ride or invite them to go somewhere that you're safe. They all wanna stay at the drinking place, stay at the drinking place, you're gonna ride your bike past it and go home. But set yourself up to go out with them in those situations so that those small distractions can't keep you from it. Even just the simple thing of not responding to those messages so that I could have stayed on track so that I can make it there on time. Those small distractions, they all add up and they just keep us from where we need to go. But I want to link it to your health, you know, and what, what it could, what could actually take it away, you know, take away from your ability to remain healthy. Staying in the game mentally, number one. Number two, recognizing that you actually have to believe that it's possible for you to be well this year. You really do. And you have to have the courage to say to this old self that's always trying to convince you otherwise to go to HE double hockey sticks because you don't need that person around anymore. You don't need that person on your shoulder telling you that it's going to fail, telling you you're not going to be able to do it. You're good. You're strong. You can do this this year. This is the year that you can make a change. All right. Um, I, my next thought is to reframe your situation. I had someone come in today and it was like all my holiday traditions, they're, uh, you know, they're dealing with diabetes very hard. All my holiday traditions are just ruined. They're just ruined. I can't do any of them. And I've never in my life felt depressed, but this year I feel depressed because I can't have any of the cookies. I can't have any of this. I can't have any of that. And it's like, what's the point in even doing any of it? And I was just like, wow. I mean, it was for real. Like it was an oppression. And I just said, let's reframe this situation. My husband didn't die of cancer. I get to spend Christmas with them this year. I'm not going to die of a heart attack because I'm not running a 400 blood sugar or 300 blood sugar on a regular basis. I get to spend Christmas with my family this year. I've lost 30 pounds. I'm walking around feeling better in my joints. I'm going to spend Christmas that way this year. Like you're going to have to reframe your thinking because if you're going to think that defeated, you are never going to make it through another day. Like you're going to get ran over by a car because you're going to be spaced out when you walk out to your car. You have to reframe it every single day. And if you're so locked into that story, that's the only story you're telling yourself, you need to meet with someone and they need to tell you a different story, which is what I did with her today. You know, I reminded her that, Hey, there's a different story you could be telling yourself. Let's look at all the great things that did happen. Whenever someone is that locked into defeat, I always tell them to put a notepad by the side of their bed. And I, I try to tell them to sit down and write down 10 things that they were thankful for that day. Even if it was just, I had food and shelter, you know, just write it down. And over the course of time, you'll start your day with that story because that was the last thing that you left your day with. Um, even if it feels like it might kill you, refuse to see the bad. 
refuse to communicate the bad and find a method of communicating hope. Stay anchored to hope is what my pastor always says. So it's going to feel like a job in the beginning, but you have to convince yourself that it's like a punch in the face if you say, I'm just so, so sick and tired of feeling this tired, you know, or I'm, I'm so sick of my back hurting like this. And I, I just don't want to eat that food anymore. You know, it, I, I know that this isn't the way all of you are living right now, but it could become, and you could find yourself sliding into it. Whenever I see my chiropractor, the first thing he always says is tell me something good, Debbie. And I was like, that's so good because most people are going to tell you how bad things are, like how bad they feel because you're fixing them. But instead, he starts them out talking about, and I always say, my neck is a lot better this week. I'm really thankful. Instead of my arm went numb two times this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I frame it differently. And I think about how much better I'm actually feeling. So with your health, don't look at it like I still have this much weight to lose. Okay. I only lost this much weight in this amount of time. I lost this much weight in this amount of time. Like refuse to look at it as, as, as a negative, just refuse it, rebuke it, kick it, stomp it. Don't let it enter your body and type the word hope out and put it on your dashboard, put it on your mirror in your bathroom, put it on your bedside and tell yourself when you see the word hope, what does that do? That tells you that you don't have to stay in defeated thinking that day. There's hope. There's hope for you. There's hope in health. There's hope in making healthy choices for you to have a better life. Okay. Um, stay anchored to hope. Even when you see no progress, God is still working. If, even when you see no progress, you still have to do it because there's stuff going on inside you that you don't actually see. You know, even doctors don't see it. Even the best uh, uh, exams and the best types of scans don't see it. You don't know what your cells are doing when you care for them, okay? So just because the scale didn't change didn't mean your cells didn't change. They might have radically turned a corner that has kept you out of cancer and you didn't even know it, but it was just because of 60 days of eating clean. Just, just from 60 days eating clean. Guess what? You didn't lose weight in four, in four weeks. Who cares? You probably lost inflammation. Your blood sugar probably went down. Your blood pressure probably went down. Even if there isn't a number that's tracked, I promise you, I promise you, there is something good going on inside your body. So just, just don't, don't think just because I'm not seeing progress in these measurable ways that I'm not progressing and do know and have the faith that faith that you have, that you can be healthy this year, have the faith in knowing God's going to provide that path, no matter how many curves and U-turns and big old loops you get put on in the road. You know, I had another client, their basement flooded, their car broke down. Okay. And then their mom went to the like intensive care. Their car is broken down. They've had to take an Uber several times to go see their mom. And their basement is filled with sewage that they can't deal with because their mom is in intensive care, right? So there's a good loop for you. Well, what do we do? 
we can't still go off our food and totally blow it because all that's happening. We will still benefit from staying on that food. It'll keep our mind on the right path and keep us in the game. Now, um, I talked about this at the um, presentation at the church. I said, faith without works is dead. It's actually a scripture. Uh, Do the work and you will get well. So you can't expect, I always say, you can't expect to pray and put it on the altar and ask God for healing if you're not willing to take care of your body. I mean, if you genuinely want to still keep putting garbage in it, he's going to be like, well, I made it very clear. If you just eat well, you'll actually get well. Here's my path. He's handing it to you, right? He puts people in your path for a reason. I'm in your path for a reason. He positioned that, right? Your trainer's in your path for a reason. Some random person at the grocery store is in your path for a reason. The person at work that's following you and watching you, that's holding you accountable and making sure you stay obedient is in your path for a reason. So you've got to put the work in. Some days we fall shy. Put a little extra in the next day. Put a little extra in the next day. Don't Remind yourself of the bad report. Well, you failed yesterday. Might as well go ahead and go to Dairy Queen on the way home. You didn't do it, right? Don't do that. Don't give yourself a bad report. Like I said, refuse, even if it feels like it might kill you, refuse the bad report. Delete it. Kick the door in on it. Tell it it's not allowed. I don't want it. You don't have to try to pretend everything's fake and happy all the time. But there's a difference between accepting reality and force feeding yourself a negative reality every single day. Does that make sense? So faith without works is dead. So do the work to be well. Uh, This I thought was really good. I found this last night. I actually, um, I don't feel like I've ever read this scripture before. For though I fall, I will rise again. Uh, Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It's Micah 7, 8. Though I fall, I will rise again. Rise Again. I have a podcast out there on SoundCloud. It's called Rise Again. That's what the whole entire thing's about. So you fell. So you messed up. So what? Rise Again. You know, I had a client lose 200 pounds in a year. His son passed away. He gained 30 pounds in like three weeks. I think I told you guys that last week. Rise Again. That's what I told him. We got to rise above it. You can't kill yourself in the process. So we have to go back to basics We get the 30 pounds back off and then we start working on the other 100 pounds. But it's been every day talking to him and making sure that he stayed on track every single day. But it's working. You know, it's working. But he wasn't strong enough to maintain the good report. So I'm coming in with the good report every day and now he's being reminded of it first thing. Then he maintains it for the rest of the day. If you're that weak, get some help. Get with somebody that can help you. Pastor, me, your trainer, somebody, we can help you maintain the good report. Don't try to do it alone. If you know you're hitting a wall, I mean, and it's a continual wall, don't try to do it alone. I'm telling you, you don't have to. And if your friend is really unhealthy, drinks a lot and smokes and eats a lot, you don't want to go to them for the good report because they probably won't have a good one. I'm just throwing it out there. Doesn't mean they're bad people. But I'm just telling you, don't go to them for the good health report. Go to someone that you see fighting the good fight, not quitting, never giving up, okay? And then when you're strong enough, you go to that friend and get them out of that situation. But if you're, you know, it does help make you stronger to help other people though, you know, but 
kind of get yourself figured out first before you start taking on other people, right? Okay, keep working. Um, what I would suggest is uh, getting yourself, as I've told you before, saturated with the good report. If that is a message from pastors on a daily basis, a message from someone like Les Brown or Eric Thomas or gosh, all those different motivational speakers, Tony Robbins, whoever you like, okay? Do it. I mean, just infuse yourself with it until you can overcome and you can get yourself back into gear. But if you want to strengthen your physical body, awesome. If you want to get your health on track with your food, amazing. But really look at it as a, a puzzle or as a triangle like this, all connected and say to myself, this is my mental, spiritual side. And I have to learn that that game, when weak, will hold me back every single time, no matter how heavy my sled is, no matter how clean my green beans are, no matter what. If I talk myself out of believing I can do this, I will fail every single time, every single year. Start the year knowing you can be well this year, knowing it and refuse to accept any other vision of yourself. Just like now, I refuse to accept any other vision for Arch Gym and the bakery than, one, than the one I know God's given me. And if it takes us 20 years to get there, I will do it in 20 years. And, and you all will know I didn't give up on it, right? But what good does it do to hold back in fear the entire time. Well, it does the devil a lot of good because I don't get where I need to go because I don't actually have the courage to make the right decisions. All right. So that is my mental preparation for you guys going into the first of the year. It was really on my heart to make just to feel like you guys were ready for that. Okay. Now what I'm going to do is <clears throat> I want to go through what I feel is the most basic uh, cookie recipe there is. So I'm just, just going to do Nestle. And I just want to tell you if I was going to sit down and, you know, try to make this recipe, here is how I would convert one thing for the other. Now you did say you just did this. So please chime in and tell us what you did. And then, um, if anyone has a recipe, or they have something that they just kind of wish that they had a better idea of how they could do it different. Let's talk about it so you can go into the holiday healthier. Okay. So Nestle Toll House cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Uh, first things first, I would buy the Enjoy Life chocolate chips. I get the little mini Enjoy Life chocolate chips. They don't have full size ones unless you want the dark chocolate, but I, I want the, uh, the regular ones. So they are gluten-free. They are dairy-free and they are soy-free and they, they, they don't, they, they do have sugar in them. So they're not sugar-free, but they, but they are, you know, so they're delicious, but they, you're not taking in gluten and dairy, which is amazing. That's great. So why get the other chocolate chips when you're going to get soy for sure, dairy and gluten? No reason. Okay. Oh gosh, everywhere has them now. Um, Deerberg's has them in the organic section. Fresh time, Target, Walmart. Oh, Walmart even does. That's awesome. I'll have to look at that. I didn't realize that. Um, I mean, Whole Foods for sure has them. They're going to be about $5.99 a bag. O'Fallon Nutrition has them. But 
first things first, just use those chips. That's a big start, okay? Then it says two and a fourth cups of flour. I would use almond flour. It bakes well from a cookie perspective. Baking soda will use um, uh, salt. I use sea salt. One cup, two sticks of butter softened. I would do one cup of coconut oil softened, but do not microwave it to soften it. Okay, you can't because it's gonna go too liquidy and it's, not, it's gonna change the whole dynamic of the cookie. So what I would suggest doing is the night before you're gonna make the cookies, scoop that coconut oil out of your jar, all right? And the exact cup that you need, put it in a container and just like foil it or plastic wrap it and then, or put a lid on it and just leave it out at room temperature and just let it sit out, assuming your house isn't 60 degrees, but just keep it out. If your house is actually pretty cold, it's gonna be hard because even butter in the wintertime, when they say, let it get lukewarm, well, if your house is freezing all the time, it's never gonna get lukewarm. So then I would always like set it on top of the oven as the oven was on, but only for a little bit. With the coconut oil, if even a little bit of it starts to melt, it's gonna change the whole dynamic of the cookie. Now, I will say the Garden of Life coconut oil is really soft. I don't know why. Um, you know, the, the stuff that I get from Costco, you know, is meaty and we have to really work at it. And I feel like the Now Foods one is like that too. So I'm just throwing that out there for you. It's always been soft. I just can't afford for the bakery. They don't sell a big enough one. So I can't really. I do. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And um, if we just set it up, you know, in the in the kitchen, we're just in a situation where the next day it's a lot easier to work with, you know. Um, so set that out. That's your butter. Okay. So that's what just we're. Cup, okay. Yeah. You would just trade. You would just trade uh, the amount of butter for the amount of coconut oil. Okay. Almond flour, then teaspoon of baking soda, teaspoon of sea salt. And this is, if you just look up Nestle chocolate chip cookies, this is what you'll find. And then your one cup of the coconut oil. And then it calls for three-fourths of a cup of granulated sugar and three-fourths of a cup of packed brown sugar. Okay, so this is what I talked to you about last week, or I think we talked about it when we talked about the Thanksgiving stuff. I seriously just use egg white protein there. I just, that's all I do. I just take the same exact amount. What might be fun is to use a, a, a three-fourths of a cup here of uh, vanilla and three-fourths of a cup of chocolate. And you could make like a chocolate, you know, chocolate chip cookie. So I'm just throwing ideas out there for you. But the vanilla actually works great. It really does. It just adds a little more depth to the flavor of the cookie. Well, yeah, what, well, you do two of them. You do it times two. Yeah, and then you're adding protein to the cookie. Oh, MRM is what I buy. And you could get that at Fresh Time. Um, Whole Foods should, well, I don't think Whole Foods has it. Um, you might have to get that at Fresh Time, O'Fallon Nutrition, or just on Vitacost or Amazon. MRM, like Amazon Mary. Yes, and it's egg white protein. It's like the J-Rob, yeah. only this one doesn't have xylitol in it. So it's just stevia and monk fruit. So I, I feel like it bakes really well. I mean, that 
Well, it's a protein powder. So it's what you would make a protein shake with. But I found that the texture of it will do the same thing as sugar. So I'm just replacing one texture for another. A lot of times people make mistakes and they don't end up baking things the way they want to because they think, I need to replace the sweetness. And then they start throwing honey in the cookie or they start throwing agave or they start throwing applesauce, but all of a sudden we've thrown a liquid. Where's your texture change then? You know, you need, you need that dry ingredient in there, okay? So the egg white protein is what I would do. And then you basically just have your teaspoon of vanilla and your two large eggs. And, that, and that's it. Now I would go ahead and add stevia to it because we really don't have any other, you know, sweeteners in there other than what's in that vanilla protein. But you'd be surprised how much that will sweeten it. Uh, stevia, I would probably, you know, the miniature spoon in the pure stevia, I would probably add like five of those miniature spoons to the whole batch of chocolate chip cookies. And then you're just going to throw your um, chocolate chips in there and you should have no problem with texture. But here's what I do different. So normally they're going to tell you cream your sugar um, and your butter and your eggs together. The egg white protein, you don't want to do that with. So this is the only different part. Get your coconut oil in there and start whipping it and just let it whip. Don't go super fast with it because if it gets too much air, then it gets hard. Just go on the slowest, lo slowest level, okay? And just let it look like it's butter now. You know, like it's thinned out and it's butter now. And once it looks like that, take all your dry ingredients that you've gathered and pour all those dry ingredients in there. And then it'll start to look like peas, like you're making pie crust. And you know how with pie crust, you'll go like dry, wet, dry, wet after you start to get that. Um, well, actually, it, it's a little different than that, but that's the concept. So it'll start to look like peas. Then you're going to take your liquid. Okay, so then you're going to put your vanilla and your eggs and whatever liquid you would have left, which is just those two things in there, and then it'll all come together. But your, your dry ingredients has the egg white protein in there, okay? So your flour and that and your baking soda and stuff, you're just going to dump into that creamed, buttered stuff, and it's going to start to get to where it's all married together. If I try to put liquid on top of that egg white protein, it's going to harden the egg white protein too fast. And then when I put the dry in there and have like big clumps of egg white protein all throughout the cookie. You bet. Oh my gosh. So many times. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just telling you because it works and it really tastes good, you know, you know, it depends on the person, but most people put the whole bag. The whole bag is honestly, a lot of times, because I have to measure for everything, the whole bag is not always two cups. I've found very plenty of bags that were not two cups. And that's what the bag says it is. And that's what the recipe calls for. Okay. It's powder. The liquid would probably be fine as long as it wasn't so much that it would change the dynamic, you know, to where it made it more runny or something like that. Miniature. I mean, it, the spoon is that big. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're out of it, though. I do. We sell it, like, as soon as we get it in. Um, but you can get it at Whole Foods. Do you, is that where you go, Whole Foods? Okay, that's what I thought. That's why I said that, because I know Sue used to go to Whole Foods all the time. So, yeah, just get it at Whole Foods. But it's in, um, 
Yeah, it's in the baking aisle. Right. Yeah, that pure stevia, because you're kind of going to think it's going to be in almost like the supplement aisle, but it's not. It's in the baking aisle, and it's just a small little bottle about this big. It's the 365 brand. You could also order the Now Foods brand on Amazon. But that's my suggestion. Now, did you do something different, though? The only thing I did differently was instead of an entire cup of coconut oil, I did half a cup of coconut oil and a half a cup Oh, okay. Okay. Right, yeah. I know. Oh, right, sure. A good egg substitute. Right. 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 Well, and the flax is really, it's good for you. I mean, it's great for you. So you just made that more fibrous, you know. So now I've done that before and I've failed miserably too when I've done the flax egg and all that kind of stuff. So that can be tricky. So if you're going to do that, do it a couple of days before your event, just in case you, I'm just, I'm only telling you from my experience is that, you know, like. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, you know, right. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Now I don't, I don't know who has had my cookies in here. Do you feel like they taste super coconutty? Right. Right. So some are going to be stronger than others. But I, I don't feel like ours, but I think it's because we have so many other variables going in there. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's kind of a class in itself, but not necessarily for the baking. Yeah, not necessarily for the baking at all. Yeah, I mean, it's really just up to you. I just wouldn't fear, if you're going to put that much vanilla protein powder in there, I wouldn't fear it tasting like too much coconut. That protein powder will start to neutralize things for you. And the almond flour and will too. Flour. Yeah. Does he? Oh, <laughs> well, his loss, right? <laughs> so, right, 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 right. Yeah, next to his mania. It's so funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I hope that you all can uh, just have a great holiday, but start, you know, because I won't see you until after the new year. So just start fresh. Even if you have a bad day, get back on, on the track and just, just prepare your mental game each day. If you're willing to prepare your physical game and your food, start adding something to the list. I've been working on you to prepare your food. I've been working on you to work out. Now I'm working on you to work on that because at the end of the day, it's just going to hold you back just like it was holding me back from really, really, really receiving the breakthrough that I needed. And, 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 all, and that breakthrough is going to change other people's lives. So I'm holding other people back from getting healthy and getting well because I'm not believing enough myself. So, okay. Yeah. No problem. What's that? Oh my goodness, hold on one second. Um, I sure hope that recorded, but let me hold on one second. Let me just read this to you. This is good.
This is a great book. Uh, has anyone ever heard of Christine Kane? She's from Australia. She's a preacher. She comes to our church pretty often. She's pretty popular. Uh, I would look her up and follow her on Facebook. She has some great uh, daily posts. Um, I thought this was really good. Shoulder to the plow. I shared this with my, um, my staff and a couple of my clients that were struggling. One day while Moses was taking care of the sheep uh, and the goats of his father-in-law Jethro, an angel of the Lord appeared to him as a flame. God said, it's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. When the world tells you, market yourself, sell yourself, build your portfolio, remember that God is the one who promotes you. I just think that's so key. I spent two years trying to promote myself, and I really just needed to understand that I need to do that work, but I also need to understand that God's really the one that's going to promote me. In the Bible, when great heroes of the faith were called, they were also always working, not promoting themselves. David was shepherding. Elijah was driving oxen. Moses was taking care of his father-in-law's animals. Diligently, dirtily, and thanklessly, they worked through danger, stench, and discomfort. And because God saw them working hard, he spoke to others on their behalf and anointed them. Do you think their gifting, calling, or sweet spot was laboring in the fields? No, they were created to be a king, a prophet, and a father of faith, but they each worked hard where they were before God promoted them. If God has assigned you, he will find you. And he tends to work with those who are already working. When you align yourself with God in faithfulness and diligence, he will work on your behalf and get you to your destiny. So I just thought that was really good because I truly think you can link that to your health. And, you know, people will look at someone like Misty and think that she looks like that because she was somehow in some way, shape or form born like that. She's just one of those skinny girls. She wasn't. I mean, she was overweight and then she lost weight and then she was super skinny, didn't have an ounce of muscle on her. When she first came in, she could barely push the sled up with no weight on it. Now she can push it with six plates on each side. You know, she's always worked. You know, even when she worked 12 hour days, she still worked out for two hours a day. You know, so she looks like that for a reason. Um, my clients that don't have diabetes anymore, it's because they kept working. You know, they kept working at it. They didn't stop. It didn't stop. Even when life got hard, even when complications came, even when work was crazy, no matter what the scenario was, they were always working. So I, I really felt like that was a good message. That was actually today's message. I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> we needed that message. <laughs> well, you all have a great holiday. <laughs>